0: This is the Financial Coconut Podcast, Singapore's first personal finance podcast network. My name is Rakesh, and together with Anthony, we discover worthy financial news and derive insights for all you coconuts. We are part-time investors with an intense full-time career. If we can do it, you can too. So join us every Thursday for TFC Weekly Market Updates. Hey coconuts, welcome to another weekly episode where we scout the net to find worthy financial news for you. This week, earning seasons has ended But we have three stories to take a back seat, reflect, and really focus on some sort of strategy. So the first story is whether a new bull market has started. Technically, 20% increase is a bull market, but does it actually mean a bull market? Like we all know, we dissect that through the S&P. Next, a bit of a banter between Anthony and I on Netflix crackdown on sharing passwords. Is this a good thing for shareholders? Is this a bad thing for Netflix? How's the content going? We talk about that all together with a little bit of a rant. <laughs> Hopefully you like that one. And last but not least, should we actually invest into China? It's got a weak recovery, turning off foreign investors because they could make more money in the US market. So we're going to dissect that a little bit more and talk whether we should actually go into the market in China. All this and more on this episode. So let's get to it. Hello Coconuts, welcome to another weekly market updates with me Rakesh
1: and Anthony and we are well we are at the end of earnings season I think Uh, I think for Mm. the first time in a few months we don't actually have much earnings to talk about which is uh, I'm always a bit you know it makes feelings about this (laughs) because yeah it's it's always a bit tough but You know, it's it's good to talk about other things, I guess. Yeah, it is. It is.
0: I think maybe we can take a step back from all the, you know, jam, jam, jam. Like we were literally every week we had some sort of earnings, right?
1: Yeah. And and like all all the numbers and all that and just Mm. maybe focus a bit more on strategy and a bit more on like kind of interesting things that, you know, are happening that deal with the business and not necessarily, you know, just numbers.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it might even help us uh, with predicting and, and, and sort of figuring out Which one to go for before and fundamental analysis, right? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Um, All right, and for that, actually, that's a good segue into the three topics we're going to be speaking about. Number one, has the bull market started, right, in the US? And we're going to talk a little bit about that with regards to Wall Street, right? Is it is it definitely going up? What's what's really meaning all of that? We're moving on to our second topic, which is Netflix. Less on the earnings call, more on the cracking down of password sharing, as they call it, lah. We're gonna yep. definitely dive down. I'm sure most of our coconuts here have been affected, if not. Oh my god, that's what I, I have a red for that. Oh my god, I have a rant for that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's and, bloody terrible. and number three is China's weak recovery. Is it turning off investors? Right? And where are they putting the money if they're not going into China? So, three pretty interesting topics. We're going to kick things off with number one. Anthony, bull market started already? Yeah.
1: Uh, well, I mean, you know, um, it really, really depends on how you define it, right? But may- maybe just the the, the interesting bits. Um, you know, Typically, people call a bear market 20% of the highs and a bull market 20% of the lows. Right. So right. just by that, you know, very basic threshold. Yeah, we're, we're in a we are very a bull market. broad yeah, <laughs> definition. That, that super, super broad definition. That's like a clear red line, you know, no nuance, nothing. Twenty percent up means bull. <laughs> yes, we are in a bull market, right? Um we are more than twenty percent up from the closing low of twelfth October, um on the S P. Mm-hmm. And for the Nasdaq, we are we are way past that. We are like thirty something percent now. Right, so but but S and is broad market, you know. So yeah, yeah. we retail tell S and P, uh, yeah yeah, we we are in a um bull market technically, you know. But this is not really a you know, scientific definition by any way. It means right, it's just. 20% down is bear 20% up is bull that's all
0: right okay we did see some sort of a rally last year as well and then there was a dip immediately after that
1: wasn't it yeah Um. so I mean last year we had a few rallies which we very nicely called bear market rallies instead of new bull markets Um. partially because <laughs> they didn't hit 20% so I think the biggest one was mm. June to September last year it was like 15 plus percent interestingly the, the rally topped out at about this you know 4.2 four thousand three hundred level. Like, at the S&P. Um, so, and, and then there was some news. Nobody remembers what now because it's just news and then it went back down all the way to hit the October lows very quickly, right? Within like a month, it went down 20%, something right. like that. So, so that was June to September, October. Um, You know, typically in every cycle, like there, there's overarching teams, right? There's a general trend where it's the bull or the bear and, you know, counter-cyclical trends within that larger trend is called well, in this case, bear market rally. So, I guess the the immediate question now is whether this rally is a bear market rally or is it just you know the rally that starts the new bull market. Yeah, the the starts the yeah. new long term bull market. And actually, we're now sitting at
0: what four three, right, at the S and P. 4, around that range as so. well
1: I, I i haven't actually managed to open my tiger today right. yeah we're at 4310 <laughs> <There> <laughs> despite go, the bucket right? opening Just... and you know um it shows how busy i've been <laughs> i haven't actually opened my tiger today. yeah we're at 4310 so you know very close to actually you know slightly above last the the, the last high in set September, if I'm not wrong. Oh, no, hmm. slightly below. The last high was 4325. So we are just below that.
0: Got it. But I mean, take us through, right? I mean, obviously the index would go up and most of the, the bigger players are the ones actually driving this index up, like Apple, yep. for example, and, and a few other companies. Um, has we, have we seen this across the board with regards to, you know, all the companies actually going up by 15, 20%? Or is there some sort of a skew in, in the matter?
1: There is quite clearly a skew um, of this 20-odd percent. I think the top seven account for like, fifteen percent of the returns. Um, oh, wow. So so but these like, are yeah, what? three quarters what? of the twenty percent, right? Fifteen percent of the index. So so these are like your, your Apple, Nvidia, you know, Microsoft, mm-hmm. the other A, mm-hmm. can't remember what it is, <laughs> um, offhand. But yeah, no, I, I mean the, the the broad idea is that of the five hundred, you know, that make up SP, vast, vast majority of the positive returns this year have been driven by the the big tech stocks, right? And
0: isn't the other A alphabet by the way?
1: Oh yes, you're right. <laughs> just slow today right um, that, that's on me <laughs> um yeah so so you know i, I can't remember acronyms now um, but you know i mean that, that's besides the point right so you you kind of have this seven stocks driving vast majority yeah. of the returns and you have the other 493 which is bloody a bloody lot of companies just kind of mm-hmm. treading water and maybe being a bit positive right so mm. you know i mean and, and that begs the question, right? Like, how do you determine or, or what is a, a long-term bull market trend? And you would think quite intuitively that a long-term bull market trend is when all the companies broadly participate, right? Because it's, you know, Absolutely. a positive economy, the, the economy is booming, everybody's very happy. So we, we are, you know, past the worst. And, and that is when the, the long-term bull starts. So if if that is going to be a, a necessary condition for long-term bull, then, well, this, isn't it i mean it could possibly still become it right we really need to see that proven out before we can actually make that statement i would say
0: yeah and i mean with regards to the tech companies as well didn't like half of them lay off which then reduced their bottom line and then now having the same sort of revenue so therefore they said okay lay off and then usually from a layoff they will see a spike in terms of, of stock growth as well right
1: that, that's by the way right and as set as Leo's being by the buy is. I think that that's one of those cases in this situation where, you know, it's really, it really was a cost-cutting exercise to get to higher profitability, right? Whether it was, a justified and necessary cost cutting because people overhired or whether in some cases it was really just opportunistic i, I just not want to fire people and, and make more profit and squeeze my labor force harder right even though i'm super profitable um like microsoft <coughs> <laughs> um, but, i know i say one but yeah anyway <laughs> um you know so so i think either way you know we we And especially this past earnings season, we actually Mm. saw earnings do well, right? I think the majority of companies actually beat expectations. Um, Slightly lower expectations because everybody expects recession, whatever. But, you know, they, they beat expectations. They are performing on a company level Better than expected, right? So, in a sense, uh, the index going up isn't necessarily a bad thing. And yeah, it isn't necessarily unexpected. So, mm, might, might be good, but we shall see. Mm. right? E- earnings have been holding up so well. So far, it, so good. It is, but okay, so this for me is a little bit of a of,
0: of, of a statement, right? Is it a spin, right? D- done by the companies, obviously. They would reduce expectations, expectation settings, et cetera, et cetera, since yep. late last year. Yeah. Therefore, they and on top of that, they have, been opportunistic or they've pivoted whichever way companies have said it um, to then cut your bottom line and then obviously be above expectation with regards to profitability and and earnings per share and so on and so forth. So for me, that seems a little cooked more than the fact that the market is growing or they actually have more demand and so on and
1: so forth. Would you agree? Disagree? But I mean... Numbers are numbers, right? So, so they managed expectations down, certainly. Um, but they are still showing positive growth, right? A um, vast majority of these companies, um, especially in in the tech space, were still showing positive growth. It's just that, like, for things like Snowflake, they last quarter or two quarters back, they adjusted, you know, expected growth from 60 percent to forty five percent right, and said, mm-hmm. well, we, we are kind of reducing growth because we are reducing sales and marketing. We want to, you know, become profitable. So, you know, I mean, sure, they, they managed the expectations down to 40 and then they slightly beat by getting to 42%, you know. So so fine, that, that's a bit of spin, but at the end of the day, it's still 42%, right? It's still growing, kind of sequentially. It's still growing year Um, year. A lot of them are still growing sequentially from last quarter. So, you know, that, I mean, think back to six months ago, we were all Kind of taking off a third quarter fourth quarter recession, this is not supposed to happen right yeah. if if the recession really was coming, you should see growth slow down by quite a bit more so you mm. know it, it is still I mean notwithstanding any spin, it's still kind of a positive thing I would say got it and I guess
0: where I'm coming at, I mean being the front line in in a company as well the the sentiments I'm getting is the fact that everybody's still very cautious. they still don't want to spend right they like every company that I'm speaking to including my own, is very cautious on the every dollar that they spend. So even though they have had all of this, they're still very, very cautious of something that could yeah. happen in the near future. Now, as coconuts, we are looking to invest. And if you're hearing this on this side, how would you say it's a good idea or is a good thinking methodology on should we invest because we think there's a bull coming in? Or should we wait and see,
1: right? Uh, without feeling some sort of a FOMO. If it asks me, right? I'll always ask you to just invest. <laughs> Just buy. Up, down, don't care, just buy, right? <laughs> I mean that that's been kind of the, the prevailing sentiment, you know, for the last eighteen months we've been doing this. Now that might mm-hmm. means you can buy more. Up means good momentum, we buy again. Right? I I am so- supremely optimistic about markets which is why you, you sh- i always think you should buy but i mean and, and i think that kind of you know leads back to i mean but you know leave, leaving that aside you, you kind of have to think about well where the market is now right and you know you you talked a bit about well there's a lot of uncertainty in business planning and all that i think i think everybody kind of agrees with that people still think a recession will happen um we are not out of the woods yet because mm. the the Fed has hiked and hiked and hiked and nothing has broken. You know, traditionally, inflation hasn't really come down unless there's been a recession that's been induced. So, you know, has a recession happened? I mean, there was a technical recession last year. Uh, nobody yes. serious actually thinks there was a recession. So, no, right? Yeah. We, we still see a really strong, even if slightly weakening labor market. You know, yep. there, there has been some bank crisis, but but that has been quite self-contained um, because of liquidity issues so mm. you know at the end of the day things are breaking at the ages the the actual economy hasn't broken that much so there, there is a room to go right and i think that is kind of the central thesis that supports the a recession coming up and a bit of a, a conservative view you know in, in the next six months to a year but that being said mm. equity markets still going up right and, and i think that there's a bit of a divergence exactly. there because it used to be maybe a month or two back, you, you could see equity markets going up and bond markets kind of saying, yeah, there, there's going to be rate cuts by the end of this year because the Fed have induced a recession and they you know, cut rates and you know we are near the end. Um, mm. That, I mean, from the Fed rhetoric over the past few weeks, that, that has actually reversed, right? The, the expectation for cuts has actually been removed and now the best to hope for is a pause and, and maybe even an increase in the next round, if not this round. Right? Yeah. So you yeah. know, that there is now again a bit of a divergence between what the bond markets are seeing where is which is more tightening.
0: Hey Dave. Yeah Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes.
1: Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash acast and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Right? And what the equity markets are saying, which is, you know, um, there should be a soft landing but and therefore we can still go up, right? So so and because of that divergence, you know, I would still say be cautious. But being cautious doesn't mean you sell everything and you go to 100% cash, right? Being cautious still, at most means, oh yeah, this, this month I suppose to DCA, I lazy a bit, I, I wait for next month or next quarter, I hold a bit more cash, or I DCA only half. You know, that that sort of thing, right? So you should, so uh, more, of course there's FOMO, right? I mean. Do you have forward for not buying Nvidia? Of course. <laughs> I, I, I have I forward for not have... buying in January. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I have FOMO. I, I bought it, and I still have FOMO for not buying enough, right? <laughs> so, so you know, of, of course, you know, once there's once there's momentum, that there's forward, and that leads to more moment, momentum, right? But you know, yep. you kind of always have to be able to you know, take a breath, take a step back. Well, the markets do look a bit you know, overpriced, I a see. bit overbought, mm. then maybe I want to, you know, be a bit tactical, right? I hold a bit more cash for now. I, I don't DCA as quickly. The next round, I, I time the market a bit, right? A bit, not a lot because you don't, because you're never 100% certain, right? And so never you never time the market out, we're not movers. <laughs> or you or you time the market but you don't time it with 100% of portfolio, right? Because like that's kind of insane. Unless your portfolio is $2,000, then fine, go ahead. Um, you should have <laughs> the market with, actually, no, you shouldn't be in the market. You should just like buy options. But you know, yes. then that is the, but that's the way to think about it. Got it. Got it.
0: Okay, awesome. Um, And I presume as a plug here, these are some things that you will teach in your course. Uh,
1: yes and no. So, I mean, I don't think we will teach technical analysis because it's still largely bullcrap um but of course you know we, we teach quite we'll teach quite a bit about like portfolio construction how to manage your risk and all of that and part of that approach necessarily is a bit of market timing.
0: Mm, yeah. absolutely awesome folks so if you feel fomo you know what to do lah yeah bye
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs>
0: yeah I mean, well buy, buy the
1: correct things right but you know bye
0: awesome i'm actually a bit fomo i didn't buy amazon way back in uh, i think it was december When it drops. Yeah. That one, my biggest FOMO.
1: On on that note, Netflix was something that I've kind of wanted to hone for a bit and just Mm. never got around to because Lazy will log in. And then it went up and up and up. And then, like, "Ah, And it's
0: still going. It's still
1: going. And it's still going. And then, then, (laughs) that's the problem with all these things, right? They go up and then you feel like, I shouldn't chase, I shouldn't chase, I shouldn't chase. And then the time you chase is the time it crashes.
0: Mm, 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 mm. Absolutely. All right, and actually, that's a good segue. On that note, we're here I'm, to I'm talk brilliant at this about today. <laughs> Netflix. Absolutely. Maybe, you know, the uh, acronyms are not your thing, but, you know, the linking yeah. not bad. Lah. Linking, linking like not bad. bad. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, Netflix crackdown. Hey, Anthony, you
1: subscribe to Netflix with other people? My wife does, and... To, to me, it's not with other people, right? So we sub- okay, so so my story is we subscribe for, I think, two screens. Um okay. so anybody can can use those two screens. Um but we let my in-laws have the login details as well. I mean oh. they, they stay obviously in a different place. Um so yeah. but to us it feels like, hey, you know, we subscribe for two screens. We literally have two people. Watching it, um, mm. either us or my in laws, and then you know we're, we're kind of the same household, like. I mean, like we are family, right? It, it's yes. not one of those cases where I I lend to you, for example, right? Where you know, we are close like family, but no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you don't, huh? <laughs> but anyway, coming
0: back to it, that's exactly what it is, right? And I've I'm, I've been sharing with my with my parents and and mm. all of that as well. But lately, I've been hit by the crackdown because we live in two different addresses. Yeah. And so, um, while I can still technically watch it on my phone, I can't watch it on my telly. Yeah. Okay. Um, And that's roughly what Netflix has been doing. They sent a message out, uh, was it at the start of the year or or late last year if I'm not mistaken? And I think we touched on it in our last earnings call. Yeah, I mean,
1: they've been announcing it for a bit. They launched it first, I think, in New Zealand early this Mm. year and then it finally Mm. spread to the rest of the world last few weeks. Yeah. And and here's the the I mean obviously Netflix
0: were, were going through some issues and they needed to find money somewhere right Let's mm. be honest, um, and and the the statistics that they have come out was shocking For example, back then they estimated more than a hundred million households, which is about forty three percent of their user base, yep. actually share the accounts, which means it's money technically they could tap into, hundred million households
1: Yeah, that's insane amount No Yeah, but I mean look this is history right because when they first launched and they were trying to get users and they even had a tweet about this they said you know mm. sending love for this valentine's day is sharing on Netflix password so it's, it's something mm. that they actually encouraged six seven years back i think um can't remember the exact year but it is something that they actually encouraged when they wanted to get more users and then now they go oh actually you know what wait a minute um we can't so we, we need more money we need more <laughs> signups therefore we're, we're going to stop this Right, I mean, I I blame the Fed. Um, of course, everything blame the Fed. So so I blame, blame the Fed. This. I don't blame read <laughs> as things, but you know, it's it's terrible.
0: And now they've changed their little slogan, haven't they?
1: Yeah, of course. I mean, they, they I mean, they're, they're trying to crack down on this, right? So yeah, their they, slogan they,
0: you know, is changed to so. share your password with everybody in your household
1: with love. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> think of my in-laws as fellow family I, and my household um i give them allowance too that, that, <laughs> that includes my my netflix right so like i mean look i i have a lot of sympathy if they said yeah you know like don't don't share amongst friends or share only amongst like you know like group of people but to me it's like look you know you you place a limitation on me that i can only watch on two screens right so that just yeah. means that two people can watch at the same time um it, it could be you know my wife and i and not my in-laws it could be my laws and my wife and, and stuff like that yeah um yeah so I've, i still have those two screens but i use it through one ip address or two ip addresses ah, what does it change it doesn't change anything y- irrelevant right? not. exactly exactly yeah. so so i i mean this is to be purely a cash grab um, good for shareholders, of which I am unfortunately not one. But you know, yes. um, bad bad for users, I would say. Mm.
0: And actually on that note, let's take you through some of what might cost you if you are sharing um yeah. with with other people, your friends, or even yeah. someone in a different household if you're
1: getting um wet, yep. right? So sorry, I did so, my privilege, I don't actually know what the amount is.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> so um Netflix has said that you can now have people outside your home to use the same account in Netflix. Mm-hmm. So you have the base, which is I think 12, 16, 19, and then 21 or whatever it is. Yep. But you have pay an additional eight USD for an additional fee. And this is in the US, right? I yep. think Singapore is about seven, seven singla, something along those lines. So
1: Hooray, they're two. cheaper. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but eight USD extra on whatever you have had to have an additional household. Mm. But the number of screens still stay the same. So if you're doing that, Technically, say $21, which is 4K yep. and all of that, it's the highest thing. You have to plus $8 a month to get an additional household. You can have another household on top of that and you pay another $8. Mm. So really, you're looking at you know quite quite a lot of money because nowadays, if you think about it, $21 divided by four people, how much is that? Five bucks? Yeah. Yeah. About $5. Plus, an, a, plus a $7 thing, you're effectively more than doubling your monthly subscription into Netflix, right? Yeah. Clearly, this has been calculated, run many, many... Um, Tables and and analysis and and all of that, and it has actually paid off so far. Mm. So apparently there were over a hundred thousand daily signups end of May twenty sixth and twenty seventh according to to uh, yep. a new source. Sorry, so so
1: this is additional above their normal run rate. I don't
0: no. Sorry, this is including of their normal um, run rate. Ups, but yep. I don't know how much their normal run rates are.
1: Okay, but uh, yeah correct i mean they, they weren't doing that many new ads no, every they were not day, doing 100,000 Yeah, yes so, so <laughs> yeah, it's, it's still quite quite big
0: yes um this spike and as we have seen continue to grow um apparently exceeds the covid-19 lockdowns when everybody was locked down everybody was subscribing to netflix um so we've definitely seen some sort of an inelastic demand where every household needs to have netflix la. yeah and uh, on my site for example i have cancelled it because i cannot <gasps> pay an additional amount yeah i know i mean you guys used to make fun of me you and uh jefferson used to make fun of me as the guy that had all the subscriptions right remember yeah yeah <laughs> back in the day and i'm like back in the nope. day. <laughs> <laughs> and now i'm like you know what for like 15 uh, a month or 14 a month or whatever it is i have to pay mm-hmm. or you know 12 a month is it really worth it or should i get hbo or should i get paramount plus now it's put that question into me as well but clearly okay. i'm not the norm yeah but as for i mean coming back on point besides my renting of why Netflix doubling it um as a investor and as coconuts are looking to invest into Netflix which clearly a bit of more on you and me um do you see an avenue here that the next earnings call is going to be amazing
1: ah uh, this is tough right so I just googled this literally um you know, and I think where Entainer, which is the new source you're we referring to, they kind of took the May 26 and May 27 dates because that was the date that Netflix actually did the crackdown and encouraged everybody to set up. And you know, 100K seems like a bit, but as of last quarter, um, you know, Netflix had 74 million subscribers in the US and Canada alone. So 100K mm. is like not, not even 1%, right? It's like 0.1%. No, 0.15%, something like that. Mm. So it's it's not a huge amount. I mean, times two because it's already times five. Okay, fine. You might get to 1% somehow, right? But but it's not great subscriber growth, um, I would say. Um, it is definitely incremental. Um, it's incremental on the margin. It's incremental on revenue. But, you know, it's not that big. Uh, driver I would say of their revenue for the next quarter Right. So so one. That's one. Two is, you know, I think you and, and maybe this is where we differ, right? You you kind of say, Oh yeah, it's it's a bit more expensive. I don't want to pay for this anymore. I I, I look and mm. look at other competition I went I think my calculations, well, or my wife's calculation because I did not even know the price, right? <laughs> my calculations, oh yeah, it's it's eight bucks a month. Right. Um, the the only thing that would stop us is really that there were no new shows coming out that we wanted to watch. And that's yeah. increasingly the case. We are kind of running out of things to watch. In which case, mm. you know, it might be the time to cancel it for six months or so, switch to something else, and then watch that something I'm else for bad. six months. Although we have pretty much um, all those other something else's.
0: Yeah, absolutely, right? And that's that's my point. For me, Netflix has been dwindling a little bit, with the exception of maybe, you know, Drive to Survive. But even I, I didn't fully like this season. That's because you don't watch K-Drama, The season one. Yeah, I don't. I watch reruns of TV shows, which I clearly have in my hard drive. <laughs> so, oh, um, or I subscribe to Disney. That is that is effectively where I am. Um, for me personally, and I'm clearly not the norm because, you know, people... Like, for yourself, Anthony, right? That's where we differ. For me, that's... Is it worth it for me? As of now, no. But will it get better maybe when I have a FOMO that everybody's watching the next... Uh, I don't know. What was it? Too Hot to
1: Handle? or What was the next K-drama? Kim's Convenience? Squid Game? Yeah. I mean, that, like, like Netflix are terrible at flagship shows, right? So, so it's just like mm-hmm. it was just kind of kind of less to your point of not enough content or not enough good content, right? Because you mm-hmm. know they they don't they haven't really launched something, you know, even along the vein of like Big Bang Theory or Modern Family, have, they? have tried, but you know, I think that's just not in vogue for TV. They haven't really launched something like right, yes. on Prime, Succession, or you know, HBO Go. So they have like random tempo shows here and there. But you know they haven't been great at those uh, for for the amount of shows that they turn up. So you know maybe that's yeah. that's just the 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 kind of problem with the thesis rather than you know the the actual pricing strategy. Yeah, and I think it's that comparison right is the is the
0: value is that really of value to you and. I think maybe the other angle is that, you know, most kids will want it because for all the kids' shows and so on and so forth, so the parents bopian. pian. Oh yeah, oh my god, I, <laughs> I've watched to so to much.
1: Okay, not, not Coco, <laughs> I've watched so much like Gabby's Dollhouse and Tayo Tayo. There you month. go, you see? <laughs> <laughs> Lifesaver, man, I tell you. I cannot yeah. deal with my kids Check in front of a TV. So Parenting, you know, excellence here. Yeah. <laughs> perfect, perfect.
0: Model parent.
1: Model, model parent. parent. Model parent.
0: <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, I think that's our little rant on, on Netflix. But we'd love to find out what you think. Do you think it's value for money? Please let us know in the chat. Write to us. Um but I think, yeah, let's let's see where this goes. If if we do see a lot more people going into Netflix and paying that extra, the next earnings call will be great.
1: Yeah, no, and I, but I mean that's the problem, right? If it's a one off boost. It's not, you know, it's not going to mm. be something that continues for the foreseeable future because you can only turn that many people, you know, for this one. Of, and they'll continue, right? But that's an increase in the growth rate for one quarter, which kind of levels that's off, um, you know. I'm mm. sure you will have that as a base revenue going forward, hopefully. But, you know, it, it's I don't think it's going to do anything great. Um, I If I'm a shareholder, I would be very hopeful on their at supported service which everybody is turning to right like amazon wants to do that uh um, disney wants to do that or have already done yeah. that paramount is kind of already doing that so you know i think that is the real revenue driver there, and you know that's where it people adds, should yeah. focus on
0: absolutely awesome now from the u.s to china
1: no no segue here i just came up No way, la. yeah no segue why 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 got issue I mean, um, China, plenty of issues. Uh, I mean, lots and lots and lots of issues. Uh, but, you know, we, we kind of wanted to talk about this um, because there was a relatively interesting article by this lady called Alicia, who's head of, he's a chief economist of APEC at NetExis, which is a quasi-private bank, or they're more private bank than a commercial bank. You know, on the mm. FT going, oh yeah, China is just turning off to foreign investors which I thought was interesting and we should get a on the show one day. But, you know, I think where it... I, I see that snigger. <laughs> but, you know, where, where it kind of got to whatever what was interesting to me was that, you know, sure, we, we have talked a bit about China you know, not having that great uh, a macro recovery, right? We have, we have talked. Yep. And, and, you know, I think that, there's this problem here where, you know, China has, I mean, famously in the words of JPM, two years ago was considered uninvestable, right? Mm -hmm. And that Mm -hmm. might really seem to be the the case, increasingly the case for, you know, um, Chinese equities now, um, two years down the road, which is why we kind of, oh yeah, it might be time to revisit this and see if there's anything to it. So I I guess just, you know, to set the context, I think that there's been a few bad things about China. Right. One is, well, first thing, macro recovery, not great. Um, we, mm. A lot of Western economies have had revenge spending. Um, they are still continuing, right? Not not even yes, stopped. It's absolutely. still continuing. Um, Chinese, naturally, more giam siak, more prudent. Um, never happened. Uh, <laughs> manufacturing, also not of really course. improving. Um, partially because the US and the EU haven't been ordering as much stuff by exports. But partially also because the, the domestic spending hasn't recovered right? Um, despite mm. all this, no real macro stimulus, no real fiscal stimulus, you know, they have been trying to get banks to lower their interest rates to kind of stimulate investment.
0: And they were trying this at the start of the year already, right? Trying to lower the rates and, and so on and so forth to get stuff going.
1: So, they, they ha- sorry, Um. by no real stimulus, I mean, there, there's nothing that's actually material or substantive. It's all like, you know, From I tweak I this here, tweak this there. I, mm. I try to do small things. It's not like the U.S. Like fifty basis point, you know, decrease, right? Or a helicopter, like two trillion dollars of money to the whole economy, right? Everybody has money to spend. This is like, oh uh, yeah, sure. The banks, maybe we decrease deposit mm-hmm. rates by like zero point two five percent, right? We we are not even decreasing our central bank rates. We are just decreasing our what we tell our commercial rates. banks to give us deposit rates, right? Which yeah. is another layer back. So you go, ah, oh, no, that that's terrible. So so the the market itself is is kind of struggling right and then Mm. then you look at it and they go well you know if you're talking about foreign investors they they all have access to the u.s um the u.s has gives you four five percent risk-free yield why why would you go to china you know um even if not as we have talked about the u.s markets got fomo got momentum uh very good drivers up why do i want to go to china which well i mean maybe as of September, October last year, they, they kind of promised growth and then everything died died in like by March, by the time March rolled around, right? So, mm. you know, if you want to speculate a bit, you go to the US. If you want like longer term growth, you go to the US. If you want to look at you know back tester performance and say which market grows over the long term, you go to the US. Because it's the only market with that, you know, 50, 60, 70 year of equity market performance. Right? So so yes, from, from all absolutely. of these things why would you go to China? And then you add on to that, your geopolitics and, well, will China invade Taiwan? What's going to happen to like offshoring of all these investments? I mean, the Chinese are not helping themselves with like cracking down on BCG and all those random people. It's hard to do business in China as a foreigner. So if, again, if you're a foreign investor, why do you go there? right? Um, yeah, they might exactly. just take my money away.
0: Yeah, exactly. So so why why would we, right? And we've been talking about the China stocks, we've been talking about them saying it's good value, etc. Et we just had it yeah. two weeks ago. So tell us a reason to go to it.
1: I mean, I, I'm kind of struggling, um, to be honest, mm. right? I, I think there's probably two or three ways to look at it. And these are all really medium to long term, you know, reasons, right? So the first is really... That short term, I think we're all quite aware there's a lot a lot of there's a lot of hit bits, right? We we need to kind of figure out where the new normal is at. Um we are slowly getting there, but we okay. will get there. Um and and then once you once you get there, you know, that there, there will be that period of growth where, where people are happier. But I think you know, medium to long term, a few reasons to be bullish on China. One is still, you know, their capital markets are are relatively earlier at the stage of development. They're a bit like Singapore, right? Where people buy property, they don't like buying stocks for whatever bloody reason. Mm-hmm. I still don't get it, but you know, boomers must be boomers. Um there, there's <laughs> cultural reasons for things like this, right? So, you know, if that shifts and, and there's broader local participation, that can that can replace foreign investor flows, right? So that's fine. Um I think that's one, and two, the the biggest one is really, at the end of the day, no matter what happens, you talk about demographics, that kind of stuff, it's still the world's second largest economy, right? They still have a billion Mm. plus people. That speak their own language that need to buy local. So whatever whatever thing that you want to sell into China, you still have kind of the second largest, if not the largest, market in the world to sell into. And and, an economy, uh, sorry, and a population which is getting relatively richer and therefore relatively able to spend, right? Or more happy Mm. to spend and you know have more disposable income or that kind of stuff. So, you know, if you are buying like Ten Cent, maybe not Alibaba. But if you are buying something like Tencent or if you are buying into like, you know, China retail, there is still a very big growth story there, right? Even ignoring their potential expansion into Africa or Southeast Asia or anywhere in the world that's essentially not US and maybe not the EU, you know, there, there is already a very big market for them to win and capture. So why not, you know, and I think that that's really, and and I guess maybe you know, the last reason if we need to is really with geopolitics, you don't know who will win, right? And and you don't know how things will end up. And I think increasingly the, the view might be that, you know, if you are going to have two different supply chains, then that just means that there will be profit margins on two sides and you should be able to capture margins on both ends. which also means that if you can buy a Chinese company it's fine you just service the Chinese market and you buy the the factory that has a the company that has a factory in Vietnam and that supplies the rest of the world right Mm, so you know just having a Chinese company doesn't mean that it's good or just having a Chinese supply chain doesn't mean that it's good it just means that there's different opportunities and, and that's and and from a portfolio perspective you might not want to be heavily weighted only to the u.s side because then you are just kind of ignoring pretty much half the world or like a third yeah, of the, world. the other superpower right yeah.
0: yeah no fair enough um and i think we've been i mean with with china this and that we've been talking about it since what forever a year ago <laughs> yeah yeah in since june right and and actually one year ago you're right yeah about one year ago um Talking um, about it and, and looking at the ways into into the market, and I think even using China and and you know as a way to divest into it to just sort of figure out what's going on geopolitically and the fact that everybody's having their own supply chain where before you know used to be a lot more efficient that could definitely be a way for us to to make margins into both sides. Yeah, agreed. But here comes the question. Yeah, H- how much into China?
1: <sighs> That's always the difficult part, right? Mm. Um, I mean, I would think about this as maybe an increasingly lowly correlated asset class to U.S. equities, right? So I think traditionally, you know, emerging market equities and Chinese equities and U.S. equities have kind of had a strong correlation because what was good for U.S. was good for the world, right? And what was bad for U.S. was bad for the world. Um, As the divergence or the de-risking continues, um, theoretically, the correlation between the markets should also decrease, and that means that you know that there, there is a chance for there to be some sort of you know proper diversification between the US and and the, and China and therefore be able to get better risk adjusted returns, right? Because you have low low or negative correlation, um, probably low rather than negative because they are all still equities, but you never know. Mm. So I, I think and and for that sort of allocation, fine. You you might still think, and I do still think that longer term US will outperform because that's what their capital markets are right their capital markets are the way for their economy to form um, with all the financialization yep. so you should still have large you know allocation to the US and and that type of growth but on the other hand you know you could have realistically 10-20% to China and that wouldn't be bad got it got it okay oh. awesome man why are we giving teasers not. for the cost hey that's not fair <laughs> <laughs> Wait, See, this is bit. just a
0: tease of what you will learn
1: in our course. So sign yeah. up. Yeah. D- different <laughs> ways of thinking about the markets, right? Um, I mean, yes. it's a bit of aggregation, you know, but there, there's like real proper reasons for why you should do things. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, and thanks for taking us through that, Anthony. That was definitely enlightening. And, and Coconuts, hopefully we managed to shed a little bit of light into into the US and, and, and the China market. And why should buy China? So
1: I mean, okay, maybe not so much, but you know.
0: <laughs> awesome uh and with that thank you so much coconuts for listening through uh this was a little bit of a long one but hopefully we were able to to talk a little bit higher level in this strategy um complaining about netflix and of course Uh, (laughs) should we go
1: into china
0: (laughs) (laughs) we will see you all next week thank you again see you bye
1: not me i'm away next week but yes see you guys soon.
0: yes bye (laughs) thanks for tuning in to this week's episode with me rakesh And trust that you learned something today. If you enjoyed the session and want to be part of the banter, join our community telegram group or follow us on social media. We also have a weekly newsletter to get a digest of the news we covered. To sign up, please click the description below. As always, we love your feedback. So share that with us at hello at thefinancialcoconut.com. Thanks and stay safe.